0: Welcome to PitGo Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McBarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government.
1: All right, so today I'm here with Brent Weinkoff, who's the director of the Pennsylvania Pet Center. Brent, thanks for being here. Caleb, great to be here as always. So this is something I've wanted to talk about for a long time, a story I think we've wanted to share more publicly for the last several months, and um, there was several pending court cases that dictated that we could not. So now we can actually talk more details about this. Um, so definitely a, a not fun topic today, but definitely one I think the public deserves to hear. One that's what's that shows the great work that you and your staff do. So just for super brief background, and then I'll I'll turn it over to you. So in you know in April there was a a, a seizure from Animal Control where they seized about sixty eight dogs that were in. Pretty pretty rough shape, and I'll let you talk more about that. Um, but basically, on a moment's notice, were brought all of those dogs were brought to the pet center. So tell me a little bit more about that, about those dogs that came in. What was their condition? I mean, and and I, we won't go too much in detail on you know what was happening before they were brought in. But I mean, what what was that? What was that like for for the pet center when those dogs were brought in?
0: Well, to say it was overwhelming um, was is probably going to be. Uh, not the exact wording we would use, but it was definitely, it was overwhelming because out of nowhere, we've got 68 animals that that need immediate care and and attention. Um, The condition, not great. A lot of them were so matted, they couldn't even properly use the bathroom. They all had to be shaved. But just figuring out where you're going to house 68 dogs in a blink of an eye. So uh, it all transpired on April 12th. Sixty eight dogs came into the pet center around uh, 7 o'clock that evening. Mm-hmm. And of course we were there till probably about midnight, getting them all situated, getting them all individually housed. Um and then from there, um luckily we do have plans in place for things of, of this nature. Mm-hmm. Obviously we don't ever have something on this magnitude. Uh sixteen that's, that's not that's, a normal that's, occurrence. That's a whole right? lot. Um but then you have to take into to account, we already had 90 dogs mm-hmm. at the pet center at that time, and then we had to figure out how we're going to keep the, the 68 isolated because we don't know if they've been vaccinated, we have to go ahead and assume they have not been right and so that was a pretty pretty tough one to deal with mm-hmm. um, but we did have a plan in place,
1: but we did have a plan and it worked out very well. Um, another and, thing that and was, just for context, like you said you already had 68, what would be full capacity for for dogs?
0: I mean, full capacity. I mean, a hundred dogs is really all we want to have there at one point in time, just because we don't have you know a humongous staff. We've got fourteen staff members, and it just it just doubled the work. Is exactly what it did. <laughs> Um, But but I can't be prouder of my team and the relentless efforts that they put in there day mm-hmm. in and day out, just like they always do. Um, but we really had to had to huddle up and you know it was a group effort but I had to split my team up because I had to have half my staff taking care of the other animals in the shelter. And Mm -hmm. then the other half were, you know, taking care of the the new 68 residents. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a little bit tough.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, you you know, you talked about that day of that, you know, having to figure out basically on the fly, okay, where do we put these animals? How do we, how do we move everyone else around all the other dogs that are already in there? So there's room for everybody. And as you said, not, I don't want to use the word cross-contaminating, but making sure that you know. No,
0: if... it's exactly what it is because there's there's just certain certain illnesses that spread like
1: wildfire, and we we did everything to make sure that didn't happen. It didn't happen, and that was a blessing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what's walk me through sort of the days and weeks after that? I mean, I know you guys had to to shut down the pet center to the public was part of it. I'll tell you, but... That
0: was one of the you know it's very difficult decision, but it was the right decision to make because the, the care of those animals and the rest of the animals we had is our number one priority, and we just felt like we did. We had to close for a little bit to concentrate and make sure that we were doing what was best for those animals, which is what we're there to do every day. Right. Um, so that, that was really tough, having to close to the public. But then the outpouring from the public, monetary donations, um, bleach, um, old towels, blankets, you name it, I could not believe the outpouring from our our awesome citizens in Pennsylvania County, that that was really neat to see. Um, I mean, it just it never ended there for probably
1: about a month. It right. was just every day, but that was awesome. Right, and because also, I mean, even on the on the monetary side, the taxpayer dollars that go to the Pennsylvania Pet Center, they don't pay for crazy cases like this, right? They don't pay for the you know the extreme care. They do care. not,
0: and I I mean, I do have um, you know line item for emergency medical that I always. Try and keep a you know a decent amount of money in, but that's not going to cover 68 animals. When you're talking about all the vaccinations and spay mm-hmm. and neuter and you know flea and tick prevention and all that, no, that's it's not going to cover it. And then that's where, luckily, we're blessed again with Bissell Pet Foundation. They came through with a matching grant. That was huge, and
1: because that was over ten. 000, that was ten
0: thousand right? It ended up being twenty thousand two hundred after the match, mm-hmm. um, and that pretty much ended up paying for most of the. the you know, care for those animals. That was huge. So it didn't, it was not a burden to the, to the taxpayer.
1: Right. No, that's awesome. And so you mentioned having to split up your staff and, you know, basically into two groups, one handling, you know, the newcomers, one handling, you know, all the animals you already had in there. What was it like in those days? You know, basically having, you just doubled your capacity of dogs overnight and not just, you know, oh, someone brought in their dog. It's, these are all dogs that, as you said, need an incredible amount of medical attention. No, it's it's definitely
0: stressful. Um, just because of all the unknowns and when you have 68 at once that you're worried about on top of the ones you're already worried about very stressful but you had to look at the overall mission which is what we do every day is to try and save animals and then get them to their forever homes and and give them the best care possible but it was very stressful because of just all the unknowns Um, you never know maybe one of them would have had parvo and then now that that's like I said, that's gonna break out like a wildfire and then
1: and we're just so blessed that nothing like that happened. hmm And you're talking about the the community support. There was a lot of people coming that that came in and volunteered just to help out around the shelter, correct?
0: I would say my last count was during that first probably four or five weeks that we probably had eighty to ninety volunteers come out. And it was just it was awesome. That's I mean, that's it was just a a godsend. Mm-hmm. That was a tremendous help. They, you know, helped out with some general cleaning and, you know, walking dogs and playing with the cats and and things like that. But it it was nice to have some extra help in there and kind of kept a little bit of normalcy because at least we had some some people in there mm-hmm. from the public.
1: And and so these dogs that were brought in, uh, we're going to get to the happy ending in, in the next few minutes. Um, but when these dogs were brought in, I know physically, you know, they're in obviously they're in rough shape, but even like. What was their behavior? What was so their what were temperament?
0: They like? So you got 68 animals that really had had very limited, if not maybe zero, interaction with with people. So they're all very timid, very scared. Mm-hmm. Some of them I don't know if they've ever seen the light of day. I don't know if they've been outside. You just you don't know because you weren't there. Right. Um, so we had to go very slowly. We had to identify which ones you know seemed maybe like they were maybe do a fear bite, not aggressive, but just biting out of fear. Um, so we had to do a, a general assessment of all 68 dogs, not only ourselves, but the, our veterinarian did as well, um, behavior assessments. And then we had to color code every animal, you know, this one's, you know, this is their behavior and it's it's a lot more work than, than people think. Um, but we did a very good job in that. And then so when, you know, the, the group of us that were taking care of those 68, we got to know them pretty quick because you're there all day long, it was a lot of long hours, that was actually pretty fun getting to know each animal, and they're all they were all different, just like every animal is. Um, but it helped in in our adoption process once we were able to start adopting them out. Uh, but that now that took a lot of lot of time and effort. Just to get to know all those animals and their temperament and their behaviors, right?
1: And and so, I mean, you mentioned you know adopting them out. What go What went into getting them from point A of coming in and in rough condition, super timid, to getting them ready to be adopted? And how long? I mean, how roughly? How long did that take?
0: I, I would say the number one thing is is giving them the love and compassion that they deserve, as each animal in this world does deserve. And that that was probably the most crucial and critical piece was actually letting them know that someone cares for them and you know, has some compassion towards them. Mm-hmm. I would say it took us at least six to eight weeks to have them ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was not all of them, but it was a good good group of them, but you've got to, we had to get them all vaccinated. And of course we couldn't, until we actually had custody of those animals, we could only care for them. We could not vaccinate them um, and that that's tough because that goes back to spreading illness. Um, but once we were able to do all that, get them all vaccinated, get them all spayed or neutered. And th- these were
1: mostly younger dogs, right?
0: The majority were, were younger, six months to a year old. I want to say the oldest one was 12, 12 or 13 years old. Um, but most were young. But getting them healthy, getting weight put on them. I don't know what their, their feeding habits were before. I just know that they got a whole lot better um, under our care. Um, and you can just see how happy they were just to be able to eat. When that, that, you know, if it doesn't break your heart, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but it, it broke my heart, but the outcome was uplifting.
1: Right. No. And that's, I think that's what I was getting to next is, yeah, all, all of these dogs got adopted. So talk, talk me through, or I guess I'll let you talk about that more. Cause I know some were transferred to other places, but tell me a little bit more about, about what well, the process was like.
0: It, we, you know, because they didn't have much human interaction, we had to be very careful. Um, as we are with any adoption, but a little bit more careful because we didn't know how they're going to react around small children. Um, didn't know if they would prefer a male or a female. Um, so there was a lot of, a lot of time and effort put into that. Um, so we were very, very cautious, in where what, what homes we put those those animals in. Um, but all six to eight have been adopted, um, which is the best part of the story. They're all doing great. We've we've heard from a lot of people that have adopted them. They're all doing well. Yeah, I good. I adopted one of them, so I I get to constantly remember all the the hard work and effort that my team put in, and every day when I see my new dog, so that's pretty
1: cool. Oh yeah, you know we we did post that on Facebook just the other day on the pet center that someone had sent the picture of Knight, who was the one we had posted the picture of when this yes, all went down. Yes, and look look at the difference. It literally doesn't look like the same dog. It's, Incredible. Well, Brent, I mean, that's pretty much all... All That's what I wanted to hear about that story, is what that was like for you and your staff. And then also just, yeah, remembering that's a, that was a positive outcome. At the end of the day, there was 68 dogs that were in horrid conditions that now are in... They're, they're all in homes, and homes. they're all having yeah.
0: great lives. And from day one, that's what kept us going, because we knew that as long as we put in, put in the time and the hard work, that there was going to be a positive outcome. Um, and that was that was and it still is just awesome.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's really good to hear. Well, I mean, is there anything else that, you know, that you would want people to know about this situation? Or, or I mean, also I'll just open it up for any other things about the pet center you guys have going on. Um,
0: well, they, they do say that typically hoarding cases like this do happen in your area about every five years, uh, in, in some way, shape, or form. Maybe not 68, it might be 20, um, could be 30, but about every five years it's it's pretty unfortunate that it's going to happen. Um, hopefully we don't have another 68, but if we do, the Pennsylvania Pet Center and, and my team is going to be ready to to take that head on and, and do what we do. Right.
1: And, and do you guys, just just real quick, do you guys have any upcoming fundraisers or events that people should know about?
0: Not at the moment. We just did have a, a golf tournament this past weekend. It was a great success, good turnout. Um, everybody had a good time, raised some some money that we'll put into – Emergency medical—that's mm-hmm. where that's all the proceeds are going to go for there um, from that that event. Um, we will have some stuff upcoming, a mm-hmm. um, few things that I'm got working in the wheelhouse. Um, but right now, we're still honestly trying to to get the pet center back into what it was previous to 12 April. Right, um, right that I don't think people realize how long it takes to get back to where we were, and we're pretty close though. Mm-hmm. Um, we did change our hours. That's something that people would like to hear. Um, we are open Tuesday through Saturday, 12 to 5:30. We're closed Sunday and Monday. Owner surrenders by appointment only. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from 9 to 11. We just, I just felt that the the hours. I couldn't. Were a I little, worked here. I could not they, keep track of the They were a little hours. confusing, and mm-hmm. I think this is a much better hours of operation schedule um, for the public because they're pretty set in stone now. Now, other than that, please come out volunteer. Um, if you need, you know, you need to get your your animal fixed, please come see us. We still give out vouchers: fifty dollars towards cat, seventy five dollars towards dogs. Mm-hmm. But please come utilize that and help us control the pet population here in our in our county.
1: Absolutely, and you can visit slash pets and you can find all the information about what the pet center offers and and even browse some of the animals they have available. So Brent, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks
0: for having me anytime, Caleb. Thank you for listening to Pitco happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739.